Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great people at the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, that's where Amanda J. and her team are going to go to serve you the best in the business when it comes to protecting your constitutional rights are the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. AmandaJGentry.com is where you go for more information. Zen Sports is your one-stop shop to wager this season, whether that's football season, hockey gets ready to start tomorrow. The Preds are back on the ice at Tampa, um, so you can wager there using the promo code ATOZTN, the Zen Sports app. And TrueMap Fitness in the Gulch, the best way to work out, a new way to work out for the best version of you. Go to TrueMapFitness.com where your first workout is free as a Middle Tennessee resident. Um, We have a lot of different stuff to talk about with the football team this week. And obviously, the London trip upcoming is going to make the schedule a bit congested for everybody involved. But as we talked to Mike Vrabel today at the podium, a couple of different subjects came up that are worth discussing here tonight. And that in particular is the state of the offense. The Tennessee Titans are, uh, you know, Monday Night Football still ongoing, so we'll wait to see where they stack up in the league relative to the Raiders and the Packers. Uh, Raiders are right down there at the bottom of the league in terms of scoring, so that would impact where it is Tennessee Titans rank. But the Titans are not scoring at a high clip whatsoever. Uh, 16 points was a uh, 16 points was an underwhelming uh, output, one of four in the red zone, even more underwhelming. And it comes in a situation where they got the good DeAndre Hopkins game. They have a legitimate weapon in Tajay Spears, who I know got pulled because his helmet got ripped off and they had to uh, double check him in the concussion protocol. He did finish the game. But there are some things about this offense that really make a lot of sense that should be better or that should lead this unit to be better than it actually is. Now, I think that when you look at a variety of different issues with the Titans right now, you can understand why the red zone struggles might exist. But with the bright spots that they have, an offense featuring Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins should not be among the worst teams inside of 20 yards this season. There's just a lot of stuff there that doesn't make sense. So we're going to talk about how they can improve and what Mike Vrabel said today at the podium um, to uh, kind of basically to talk us through where they are at in this point of time. The question, your Two Rivers Ford take that we are going to start with here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch is this. Who was the biggest bright spot for the Titans on Sunday? We are going to discuss at length together in the comment section of Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We would be happy to uh, dive into it. Um, Who was the biggest bright spot for the Titans on Sunday? We will uh, take your comments together right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is presented by the great folks at Two Rivers Ford. Quality American-made Ford vehicles Award-winning customer service. Two Rivers Ford is where you go for the most reliable, for the best car buying experience out there. No matter how you like to shop, Two Rivers Ford has you covered. Because you used to have to go to the dealership, and you used to have to go through an entire process in person to get the vehicle that you wanted. You could do the way that I do. I have a busy schedule. It was tough for me to get out to Mount Juliet. I knew I needed a new car. I called Two Rivers. I custom ordered my 2022 
Ford Explorer, they literally drop the thing off on my doorstep. The Amazon experience. You have all different manner of options, whether you want to shop online, whether you want to shop in person. Schedule an at-home test drive with Two Rivers Ford. You can do all of these things at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So who was the biggest bright spot for the Titans on Sunday? Mr. Jones probably says it correctly, uh, even though the 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 first name is misspelled there. T-Air Tart. It's T-E-Air Tart. Tier Tart not playing in this game made Tier Tart more money than just about anything else that Tart has done this season. The Titans rushing defense was uh the Titans rushing defense was fourth best in the league prior to the game. They allowed Zach Moss to have 195 yards from scrimmage. Now that's rushing and receiving, but the fast the vast majority of work came on the ground. Tier Tart, Jaleel Johnson, Kyle Pecco got nothing done in his absence. Of course, it didn't help things that Jeff Simmons was dealing with a shoulder injury uh, that they didn't disclose, but you, we saw him clearly being worked on in the locker room after the fact when we all went down there to talk to the players after having done Mike Rabel's post-game press conference. Uh, I think that the uh, I think that when you look at the bright spot argument, uh, T.R. Tart being a bright spot, his absence um, is a very well-made point by Mr. Jones. Dre Wilson says, Zach Moss been balling, though. That's true. Um, but again, your, your whole thing. The one thing that I can count on your football team to do, usually, is stop the run. And they didn't have shit on Sunday. They weren't able to, they weren't able to, uh, they were not able to do much of anything uh, inside, especially, like I said, Jeff, Jeff getting hurt matters. But they were not able to make up for the absence of Tart. Zach Moss went crazy on them. Um, and while Zach Moss has been good, and the Colts' offensive line has been much improved from the situation that we saw with them last year, we know that they want to run the football. Um, but we also understand that the Titans, that's the one thing that you're supposed to be able to count down in and down out that the Titans can do. Um, stupid, but yeah, it says, if we can't expect Tannehill to lead a score, more than one touchdown, we are putting way too much pressure on the defense to be really, really good every week. Well, it's funny that the YouTube handle says stupid, but yeah, because any discussion around Ryan Tannehill's performance today is obviously ridiculous um, because Ryan Tannehill's performance had nothing to do with the reasons that they uh, struggled in the red zone in particular. The red zone play calling involved Derrick Henry trying to throw a touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry getting a carry on fourth and one, um, the other red zone trips stalled out, uh, and one obviously produced, or the, I can't remember the third red zone trip off the top of my head, what the play call was on third down that saw them kick a field goal. But the other one was a field goal drive that went like 16 plays, uh, 16 plays, um, in like 75 yards or whatever it took that killed 10 minutes off the clock early in the first quarter. I think that there's, uh, you know, the Tannehill discussion is one that a lot of people are going to want to have. It's a waste of time to do so. The football team is still in contention. Ryan Tannehill will be, will be the starting quarterback until the football team is not in contention. And I think the, uh, I think that the, um, I think that a lot of that is understandable, but it's entirely too soon and really uh, unprompted that there would be any discussion around Ryan Tannehill Today, uh, Mr. Jones says, <laughs> that's funny. Todd Downing knew how to use Derrick Henry and score touchdowns in the red zone. Um, well, I will say 
that Todd Downing was a big part of your red zone success. Now, I know that a lot of people don't want to hear that. Um, I know that many of you hate Todd Downing, and I'm not saying that Todd Downing should have, be, should have been kept as an offensive coordinator. It was absolutely the right decision to fire him and move on. But Todd Downing, the reason that he got the job was because he was a big part of Arthur Smith's red zone offense uh, game planning situation. Saw him promoted. He continued to have success with the Titans in the red zone. The rest of the offense was a slog, understandably so, but the red zone was not an issue under Todd Downing, and now obviously that has since become the case. Now personnel is also a problem uh, on a variety of different fronts. Offensive line could not run block for shit yesterday, uh, and they held up in pass pro, which is pretty crazy to think about Um, because Donald Red correctly points out Todd sucked at getting to the red zone. And in second half of games, listen, it's, it's 100% accurate. I'm not advocating that Todd Downing, uh, that Todd Downing, you know, moving on from Todd Downing for Tim Kelly was not the 100% correct decision, but, um, there is a drop-off. There is a clear and obvious drop-off at a place where they've been able to make their money pretty consistently in the last, let's call it four or five years. And in the absence of Todd Downing, that red zone production has significantly, significantly dropped off. Uh, Ken Caniff says shotgun formation in the red zone is just dumb. If you're planning on running Henry up the gut, I tend to agree. Uh, I did not like the play selection. I don't mind giving the ball to Derrick Henry on fourth and two in the red zone, but I was not crazy about the formation and the way that they set it up in particular. Everybody knew that Derrick was going to get the ball. Everybody might know that Derrick was going to get the ball anyway in that circumstance, but it just, it felt like you put Derrick in not a position to outright succeed the way that it could have done. Um, uh, let's see, uh, MB says this, your football team stuff is ridiculous. I don't even live in Nashville. It's more your team than mine. Uh, well it is, it is, um, when I say that it is because it is not my football team. It is the football team that I am paid to cover. And, you know, I'd say the same thing if I covered the Raiders and lived in Las Vegas or if I covered the Packers and live in Green Bay, which I hope never happens because, oh my God, Green Bay, Wisconsin is, sounds like my personal hell. Las Vegas would not, I would not like to live in Las Vegas too terribly much either, but certainly anything but Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, I think that, uh, I think that when you, when you look at a lot of the different stuff for the Titans, the bright spots in particular were DeAndre Hopkins and Tajay Spears. The rest of this stuff, um, the rest of this stuff is really hard to kind of feel good about, including Derrick Henry being able to create himself. Now, I think it's an unreasonable expectation for Derrick Henry to like create for himself when he's got the kind of blocking in front of him that he has, but I don't think that Derrick Henry on the season has overwhelmingly been a bright spot beyond the Bengals game, just as I feel the same about Kevin Byard on defense. I don't have great vibes about Kevin Byard on defense this season, and of course, that was a, a considerable talking point for a period of time. Um Bert, I'm not seeing the video of Mike Vrabel from today on my end uploaded. Tajay Spears progressed as an offensive weapon this year. Uh, you know, good. We got to continue to find ways to get him the ball. Um, his, my favorite contributions that he makes. I know that he's going to do good things with the football. But even on the 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 pass to Wesco there on short yardage. He's sprinting down there to to block somebody that's trying to hit, you know, Trayvon, and he tries to protect the guy with the ball. Um, 
didn't really mention it, I don't think, during the week in Cincinnati. But, you know, the 15-yard penalty that everybody was questioning was Tajay coming over and blocking a guy and squaring him up in the hole and then driving him as the pass went. And the guy ripped Tajay's helmet off. And that's what they ended up calling it. So, it, you know, I think there were some questions on, was it on the quarterback? Was it on Nick? It was actually Tajay's willingness to go in there and block the guy and finish as long as he could that the guy got frustrated and ripped his helmet off. So those are the things that, again, we talked about in Minnesota when he came in and blocked in the pressure and the mug look. And so those are all really, really positive things outside of what he does with the football in his hand, which, you know, speaks for itself. Hopkins, uh, that drive coming out of the uh, halftime, you know, it kind of took over that drive. How do you like the way he's just kind of getting settled in as, as one of the major guys in the offense? Well, he, he has to be, and he knows that, and, and the connection that he has with the quarterback and his ability to find seams in the defense and whether it's to settle down or uncover, um, you know, run through his own. Ryan gave him a good ball or his ability to adjust to – to a pass, his body control. So, you know, I, I know up until yesterday, he, he obviously would have wanted more production. But I've mentioned before, every time we've needed a a play on third down, he's been there uh, or a play at the end of the Chargers game, you know, made a huge play. So yesterday it was great to see him, you know, have, have some, you know, production. So that's Mike Vrabel. Uh, the primetime show is presented. That's Mike Vrabel earlier today. Uh, primetime presented by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. AmandaJGentry.com. Wherever justice demands, she and her team are there to protect your constitutional rights and to fight for you. If you feel that you have been let down in previous situations, if you feel like you are not being properly protected by those who have been tasked with doing so, AmandaJGentry.com is where you can go wherever justice demands words that they take to heart, the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. So you hear uh, Vrabel talking there about Tajay Spears and the kind of contributions that he makes, not just with the ball in his hands, but the kind of stuff that Vrabel values and how he can make impacts on the game. The best thing for Derrick Henry is Tajay Spears right now. It's not the offensive line. It's not Ryan Tannehill. The offensive play calling is struggling. I think that Tim Kelly would like to do more. I just think he's limited significantly by personnel. Um, I think that when you look at the, I think that when you look at what it is that the Titans are trying to do, they are not the Derrick Henry exotic smash mouth run first football team of old, or at least they are in a it, it would appear to me that they are in a process of moving away from that. And we talked about this offseason. Like, they kept signaling to us, based on personnel uh, decisions and, and draft, that this was going to be a team that was interested more in getting the passing game involved. And maybe, uh, I don't know if it, as, as a primary means of offense, potentially somewhere down the road beyond Derrick Henry's career, but it is not constructed in a way that would outright lend itself to Derrick Henry's, you know, to, to the style of football that we have grown accustomed to them playing. Now, the problem is they have Derrick Henry and they have an offensive line that is not terribly suited for what it is that Derrick Henry does. So they're kind of in, as we've talked about, like transitional stuff, they're kind of in this transitional phase. And, um, you know, I think to the coaching staff, not that they are not that they should be absolved from blame from the struggles 
But I do think that they are working kind of with one hand tied behind their back a little bit. Um, it's only so you can only spend so much time blaming players when in reality coaches have as big an impact on this as well. But I do think that everybody would look at the Titans roster and say, well, this is still largely a, uh, this is a, uh, this is still largely a trend, uh, still largely a team that lacks a lot of talent. It's a quarterback problem. Um, it's a offensive line problem. It's a cornerback, quarterback, and cornerback. This is a uh, this is a, a lot of different issues that don't have a one off season fix, like the offensive line situation. They have a, a, some considerable work to do still on the offensive line, um, and that was not something that they were going to be able to outright fix in one off season. Uh, Trip and Titan says transitional phase. You mean rebuild? Well, yeah. Every listen, every year is a rebuild. Every year is a rebuild. This is more of a philosophical one than I think most NFL teams go through on a year-to-year basis. But yeah, the, every you know, competitively rebuilding your football team is a part of every offseason's progress. The difference here is they are doing it more in a straddling two eras phase as opposed to just tearing it down to the studs and trying to physically rebuild it back up. Um, so they're trying to remain competitive as a team whilst rebuilding the football team. And you go back and look at their draft classes. They have tried. Uh, they have tried to do a lot of different things. They have tried to get a lot at a lot of different things out of these various players. And in four draft classes, they might have two starters and a backup that's playing well. And that includes Peter Skaronsky. Uh, that includes Peter Skaronsky and, and Tajay Spears, both of whom are rookies this season. A to Z sports primetime is presented by true map fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMapFitness.com. Your first workout is free as a middle Tennessee resident. They are there to put you in a position to succeed on your fitness goals, whether that's to lose weight, whether that's to physically build up your form, whether that is to just get healthier in your physical day to day. True map fitness has you covered with the best workout plans and the best coaching staff possible truematfitness.com for your first workout free. Uh I think that uh I think that there is a lot of that there is a lot to like about where things are uh about where things are headed, but I don't think that we are currently looking at a football team that is, you know, in the vision of what this coaching staff is trying to accomplish with this front office is trying to accomplish and that's just a situation that they're going to have to live with year in and year out. Um, Steve, oh, big Steve Hillenbrand says, Buck, shout out to Sha- uh, Shay, Shay Mac. Oh, I'm, I, God, the fact that I don't know the little girl's name is going to make me feel so bad. Shay or Shy, uh, Mac Wallace, one year old this Sunday. Well, very happy birthday uh, to the young, uh, the young one and uh, very excited to, always excited to see big Steve in the comment section. Happy birthday to Shay. Um, all right, let's keep it moving here on the primetime show. Who you got in the second half, the Packers or the Raiders? 10 to 3, the score right now. Heading into the second half, Raiders 1 and 3, trying to get uh, closer to 500. Packers 2 and 2, trying to break through that 500 wall. Um, there's a lot that these two teams have to prove. Speaking of things that teams have to prove, 
to various uh, fan bases. The Packers are trying to get off the get off the Schneid without Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders are in a worse situation, honestly, than the Tennessee Titans are. The Raiders are probably going to end up firing Josh McDaniels. Should they not get this season turned drastically around, they have as big a quarterback problem, if not a bigger quarterback problem, than do the Tennessee Titans. Um, and there's a lot on that roster, especially defensively beyond Max Crosby, that you do not like. Who you got, Raiders or Packers, uh, in the comment section? Anybody watching uh, the halftime interview, that hockey player looks baked. Yeah, the uh, Stanley Cup um, sitting there on the uh, desk of the ESPN Monday Night Football halftime broadcast. Uh, hockey back tomorrow night. Preds in Tampa. Going to be exciting to see that. By the way, we il- interviewed Philip Forsberg on the radio show on Friday. He was great. It's well worth going, checking out. Uh, always enjoy catching up with Phil and certainly looking forward to see how the Preds <laughs> soldier through their competitive rebuild at this point. Um, let me know who you think is going to pull this second half out in the Monday night football game. Meanwhile, I'll remind you that you should be betting on Monday night football and anything else this season with the Zen sports app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN and they will get you in on all the action. They will get you unlimited 5% cash back on your first 15 days of wagering. Zensports.com is where you go. That unlimited 5% cash back is a better offer than any sports book is going to make you. The best in the business is Zen Sports. Download the app, plug, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, and they will make sure that you get that incredible offer. Terms and conditions do apply. Must be 21 or older in Tennessee to bet. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1 800 889 9789. So, who is most likely to pull the second half out? Well, the Raiders have a seven-point lead right now. Raiders offensively are under duress. The offensive line cannot keep Garoppolo upright. They did get a turnover, an interception of Jordan Love, which allowed them to capitalize and take the lead. Uh, is that sustainable? And is Love on the road, if you can consider Vegas truly a road environment, capable of, of pulling this out? Now, I think that Both of these teams are worth watching because as we talk about transitional phases for organizations, Tennessee is certainly in a transitional phase. Green Bay and Vegas are also two who are in two different situations. But I would say uh, I would say that I feel better about the Packers just generally. Josh McDaniels is not a trustworthy commodity. And even with a seven point lead, I'd probably take Matt LaFleur and the Packers on the road. So we'll see how that plays itself out here on Monday Night Football. With that, we will welcome Bert in for In Case You Missed It for his weekly update segment, our boots-on-the-ground correspondent. Will he be shirtless? Will he not? We will welcome him in now. Hello, Robert. We still don't have our double screen. Whose fault is that? I could be Keith Bullock. Hold on. No, you can't be me. (laughs) What's going on, Mr. Monday Night, here with you on Mr. Monday Night? Happy to be here, Buck. This is weird on this side. I don't like this. Why don't you like that? I, I feel like I'm more of a this side guy. Well, you're not me, so you can't be a that side guy. Put me back. How do I? No, I like this square, though. It's roomier. I feel like put, I have more room over here. Put me back on my side right now before I do it. boy. Proceed. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL. And <laughs> I, I, I always love Mondays because ESPN is trying to grab whatever they can to grab your attention. And most of the time, I feel like these guys watch the fourth quarter and did not watch the game. Uh, Colin Cowherd famously said he does not watch uh, the middle of NBA games. He watches the first quarter and the fourth quarter and draws his conclusion from there. 
because what happens in the second and third quarter is inconsequential to any game. So, and, and that comes across on ESPN a lot. I saw a lot of headlines today that kind of seemed like they didn't really watch it. Like if you didn't watch the Broncos game, you could just flatly say Russell Wilson stunk like Mike Greenberg did today. And I don't think Russell Wilson was the reason they lost. He, he fumbled uh, a ball that gave the Jets a game-winning touchdown. But I, I think he's been uh, really efficient. I think their defense is just really bad. Mm-hmm. It? It's historically to- bad, actually, if you've seen some of the numbers coming out on the Broncos' defense. And and you know that I love Stephen A. Smith. You, as well, love Stephen A. Smith. My idol, yes. I, I, I know his job is to stir the pot. His job is to rile people up and get people tweeting and get people hate-watching. I get that. But I thought this was kind of egregious from him to come after Lamar Jackson, the Titans' opponent on Sunday uh, after the loss in Pittsburgh. The question is, are the Ravens getting their money's worth on Lamar Jackson? No. The answer is no. The no. The answer is no. And here's the reason why. Coach, I'm going to remind you of this. Five years, $260 million. $135 million fully guaranteed. Um, overall guarantees escalating to about $185 million. They're three and two. I know I saw... Nelson Aguilar dropped passes. We ain't surprised by that. We've seen them yeah, do it in yeah. the past. That's true. They dropped a touchdown pass. Okay, we're not too surprised by that. We respect them both. We know they could play, but damn it, they ain't the first time they drop passes, okay? And the fact that you got rugby footballs in the building from some offensive coordinator <laughs> just accentuates your point. I get it. But here's the flip side to it, guys. Lamar Jackson, two fourth-quarter turnovers yesterday, now has an NFL-worst 11 turnovers in a fourth quarter or overtime of one-score games since 2021. That is inexcusable. That is inexcusable. We got to look at it from that perspective. We also got to look at the fact that he leads all NFL players with seven fumbles. Seven fumbles yeah. this year. I mean, like, far be it for me to bring that up. But didn't you talk about not turning the damn ball over? <laughs> now, interception yep. is the only way you can turn the ball over. You can only right. turn the ball over by fumbling the damn ball. Right. He's leading all players. All players. All right, seven fumbles, four lost, okay? He's accounted for eight touchdowns this year but has six total turnovers in five games. Come on, man. That's not what they're paying you for. And the end nope. of the so, I, I love that he's like, an NFL leading seven fumbles, but he's only lost four. Okay, yes. that's, not the, that's not a leading number of fumbles anyway. But it, it's crazy that Rex Ryan's teeth are so white with how many toes are in his mouth at all time. Like, that, if that toe sucker wants to talk about a team, he needs to talk about that Jets team that fell off the face of the earth after they went to two AFC championships because you were too worried about putting uh, little piggies in your mouth. So, Rex Ryan, let's just worry about what (laughs) – it happens, man. I'm like the – No, don't get distracted by every comment I put on the screen. You are now, for God knows why, a professional broadcaster, Uh, and you need to be able to get through a thought without getting Ron Burgundy. Keep going. If you're going to ask what quarterbacks have aren't worth their money this offseason, I would look at a Justin Herbert, who is two and 2-2 two and flailing in a tough AFC West. I would look at a uh, Daniel Jones, who is 1-4 and four and a, in a piddling uh, NFC where it, it is capable to make the playoffs, a, an average team to make the playoffs. Daniel Jones can't do that. If you look at last offseason, Deshaun Watson, he sat out. Of a pain management game. He was not ruled out by the team. It was a, can you go? Do you want to go? And he said, hell no. I'm going to sit my ass on the sideline. Throw that rookie out there against this. If we kept playing the clip, Stephen A. Smith would have said, the second defense in yards given up. Uh, So 
they, they're giving up the second least yards in the NFL. And you want to throw a rookie out there? Second nah, I, I, my shoulders hurt. We got to buy next week. Hell with it. I don't care. So if, if you're going to ask if quarterbacks are worth it, I would look at those three uh, before you look at Lamar Jackson. And the PFF grades came out for Sunday. He had the highest rated passing game of a quarterback this offseason. He had a 94. No one has had a better PFF passing game. The receivers let him down. There were eight drops, three by Mark Andrews. That's inexplicable. And the fumbles are a thing. Justice Hill fumbled a pass. Oh, I kind of like being Keith. Uh, Justice Hill fumbled a pass. And the offensive line is failing him at the anchor point. The tackles are getting rowed back into Lamar Jackson. Not much you could do about it when you're hanging the ball back here. There's no defense if someone smacks out of your hand. So if you're going to come for somebody, come for somebody who's not tied for the lead in their division. Let's come after maybe the jersey you're wearing. Maybe a Dak Prescott who throws three interceptions on Sunday night football. But that's just me. Who do your Ravens play this week, Robert? Oh, the Titans. Very fun game. Very uh, should be intense. They're both teams that I, I I've always said were comparable, and people say that that we are not like those Ratbirds. You are. You have a you have a very strong-minded coach. You have a, a history of strong defense. You have a history of smash mouth football. You both have a lot of injuries that you can't get past. Neither one can get far in the playoffs. Uh, need, need I go on? What 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 else can I do for you? Or you can talk shit to Titans fans. It would make me happy. I want to see you start a fight with Titans fans. I think this entire week is going to be about me trying to provoke you into starting a fight with Titans fans. I have multiple microphones. I have multiple platforms with which to do it. Uh, You are going to be talking trash to Titans fans at some point this week, whether you want to or not. I have one. I, I respect the Titans. When I got here, I did not know there was so much vitriol on the side of the Titans towards the Ravens. I had just always assumed, oh, it's just another AFC Team. That's a form of trash talk. Your your opponent does not respect you. He does not uh, he does not value your rivalry. He is considering no. you less than. That's exactly what Robert Walsh just said. No, it's okay, Robert. Let your feelings come out. You delivered one of the most heartbreaking playoff losses of my fandom. I I I, I don't one. hate the Titans. <laughs> I, I I hope I wish them. Success. You should hate the Titans. The Titans hate you. That's the point. I'm trying to turn the other cheek. I'm trying to be the one. They're like I don't like Ravens fans, but that Bert, he's all right. Nobody says that. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That is in case you missed it with Robert Walsh this week. If you want to harass him, if you want to try and provoke him into fighting with him, at Robbie underscore Walsh is where you can go. Uh, F the rat bird, says Eric Alonzo. You hear that, Bert? They hate you. They hate you. That's going to do it for us tonight. There's a Raiders player down on the field. Uh, We are going to be back at it on the radio show tomorrow. The good doctor, Kevin Dyson, Titans legend, will join us on 104.5 The Zone. We also uh, will have uh, our good friend, Emily Proud, who's been doing a lot of college football work for CBS Sports and CBS Sports HQ. Um, So we'll look forward to that. See, they want to fight with you, Bert. William Jones says, F that guy. F him. Like RG3 dropping an F-bomb on the Monday Night Football pregame with Joe Buck. Just (laughs) Joe Buck and Ryan Clark looking horrified. It was hilarious. Anyway, have a great rest of your night. Radio show at 10 a.m. tomorrow on 104.5 The Zone.